Hey, this is Candace Pringle, lead pastor of FE Church, and this is our podcast. Hey, uh, so I was looking out for a second. There's a lot of faces I don't recognize. So welcome to, to Freedom Valley Church. And uh, many of you, I realize, maybe you've been coming just for a, a month, a couple months or something, and you haven't had the chance to, to maybe meet me um, because I'm not our lead pastor, Candace. Our lead pastor, like I said earlier, is home with COVID, expecting a rapid recovery. But uh, my name is Jason. I guess I should let you know a little bit about myself. Um, I prefer to go by Jay, but in my entire life, I've cor- never corrected anyone and never will. So you can call me Jason or Jay. That's cool. Um, I married my high school sweetheart, uh, Jamie. She's uh, one of our kids' pastors. She's the tiny one with blue hair, if you see her back there. And uh, we've got three amazing kids. There's Hero Scott Hollenbeck, six years old. Link Joseph Hollenbeck, who is five years old. And Rue Marie Hollenbeck, who is four years old. So we had a busy three years there for a moment. Yeah, we had three under three for a while. And that is a lot of diapers, I'll tell you. Um, we're almost done. She just turned four, and it's the last potty training. Can I get an amen? All the parents. We're like right there. On her birthday last week, she opened up the, the frozen big girl underwear, and she went, hmm. <laughs> and I was like, oh, this is going to be a tough one. But um, what else about me? Um, I'm the youth pastor here. Uh, it's, I've always loved being a, being a youth pastor, working with teenagers. I think of myself kind of like a, a child, and less lately because I'm now 33, and it's getting uncomfortable to think of myself that way. Um, I love movies. Like, it's my, my favorite pastime, watching movies. I'm a big Marvel fan. And um, while I'm not a huge fan of music, I got to say I'm a Katy Perry fan. Any Katy Perry fans? No, no, just me. Okay. All right, I'm brave. I'll admit it. Like, she speaks to the 12-year-old girl inside of me that's just trying to get out, that just wants to roar, that, that knows he is a firework, you know? But I think we've all had that feeling, right? You know, do you ever feel like a plastic bag floating through the wind, wanting to start again? Do you ever feel just so paper thin, like a house of cards, one blow from caving in? Do you ever feel already buried deep six feet under, but no one seems to hear a thing? Do you know that there's a chance for you because there's a spark in you? You just got to ignite the night. Anyway, I'm, I'm not going to go anymore. That's more Jaden's thing to belt out those, those verses and bars and choruses. And I mean, what am I really doing up here? Like reading off Katy Perry lyrics. But, but I, I should probably focus up a little bit, right? Um, Candace is probably watching at home go, get to the point, Jason. Um, anyway, we will not be reading the Katy Perry's autobiography today. Uh, we're going to be continuing in our Free the Future series. We've been, we've been talking for the past month about freeing our future and, and looking what that means. And it started with Candace pouring out some vision for the church, unloading some, some past vision and, and prepping us for some future vision. And then, then the next three weeks going deeper into each step on that process. You know, we talked about how to give more and then how to tell more about Jesus and how to serve more, serve Jesus more. And we talked, how do we give more? How do we tell more? How do we serve more? And and I just kept thinking, how can I be more in the moments where I feel like I've been everything that I can, that I've got nothing left? I'm like, 
like like a like a plastic bag, right? Like, like when I feel so empty, how can I do more? And and this week, Candice was planning to to lay out, you know, how we do more. And and she was going to talk about, you know, uh, when when Jesus was crucified, how that veil was torn open. And maybe she'll want to preach it again, so maybe I shouldn't preach it too much. But but how how he gives us more. So uh, in our youth ministry, we've actually been talking about the topic of the Holy Spirit for the entire last month. And uh, have amazing conversations with teenagers where they're asking deep questions about the third person of the Trinity, that third part of God that is the Holy Spirit. For those of you, maybe you're new here, maybe you've never stepped foot in church, there is God, our Father, who created the heavens and the earth. There is Jesus, his Son, the physical incarnation of God on earth. He is both God and man. And then there is the Holy Spirit, that third part that that, that moves, that gives us our soul, that, that speaks through us, that on the day of Pentecost, as we were talking about in Bible trivia, sometimes I wonder if, if you're ever driving to church and you're running a little late, do you guys open the live stream to do Bible trivia with me? I mean, don't, don't text the answers while you're driving. Don't do that. I've never done that. But like you could, you could listen to that on the way in, get that primer. But we talked about Pentecost where the Holy Spirit came, and we're going to talk about that more, and that's that third person of the Trinity, and I think I've spent enough time introducing. So let's just get started. You guys ready? Are, are you guys ready? I think you're ready. If you're, if you're ready online, type ready in the comments right now. Let everybody know you're ready. Share it out to your friends. Ask them if they're ready. They'll have no idea what's going on. It'll be a great practical joke we just set up five seconds ago, but I'm ready. So we're going to do what I'm calling Holy Spirit Q&A today. Except I'm not going to ask your, I'm not going to ask for questions. I'm just going to assume questions. So maybe it's more of Holy Spirit FAQ, frequently asked questions, right? It's more of that. Like Holy Spirit frequently asked questions because I've just got a few questions people often ask about the Holy Spirit. Like we understand God created. We understand Jesus was a man. And then the Holy Spirit, I don't know. It's just something, right? It's that thing that we, we mentioned but don't know much about. So my first question is, why is the Holy Spirit a big deal? Why is it a big deal? I, I've been a Christian since I was two years old. I never heard about it. Why do I have to start now? I got this. Or, or maybe it's like, I, I don't need that. But, but why is it a big deal? So we're going to jump to the first time the Holy Spirit makes his public appearance. It's like his, his quinceanera. It's like his big day. It's like, I'm here. I'm ready. That's, that's what we're going to talk about, the, the Holy Spirit in Acts 2. Uh, so you can open up your Bibles, open up your notebook, write it down. Acts 2. Verses 1 through 4. And I want you to know, we're going to be going to every occasion in the book of Acts that the Holy Spirit manifests through baptism in the Holy Spirit in the book of Acts. All four of the big ones that mention baptism in the Holy Spirit. So we're going to go through those today. Acts 2, verse 1. On the day of Pentecost, and as we said before service, Pentecost, it means 50 days in Greek. It was 50 days after Passover. And that's important. We'll get to that in a second. On the day of Pentecost, all the believers, that's also important, all the believers were meeting together in one place. Suddenly, I love that God moves suddenly, suddenly there was a sound from heaven, like the roaring of a mighty windstorm, and it filled the house where they were sitting. Then what looked like flames or tongues of fire appeared and settled on each of them. We sometimes picture this as like little like feathers or like a flame that's just sitting on top of people's heads. But I was like, what if it was totally different? Like, what if it was like a whole like torch? I don't know. Um, and I'm distracted so easily today. Katy Perry, torches on heads. Anyway, and everyone present was filled. That word is important. Filled, as we said during Bible trivia, the word bat, 
baptismo in Greek, the word filled, baptism is what they use there, filled with the Holy Spirit, and began speaking other languages, speaking in other languages as the Holy Spirit gave them the ability. So we've got this whole story. It's four verses laying out the first encounter of the third person of God. This is a big deal. If, if you... If you had three descriptors about yourself, like I gave you some things about myself. I, I like movies. I, I'm married. I've got kids. Those three things I told you were important about me, and it, you ignored my wife. Like, you're like, okay, I'll forget about that one. That one doesn't matter. You think I'd be happy? You don't know me if you ignore something I consider like the core of my being. Why is it a big deal that we, we talk about the Holy Spirit, that we know about the Holy Spirit, that we encounter the Holy Spirit? It's God. It's the God we worship. He revealed his third person in a huge moment. You don't get to say, I like everything but that. Because that's like saying, I like Jason, but you know, his, his kids. My kids are me. I love them. And if you don't, you go away. Kids are awesome. I'm like, your kids. No, I'm kidding. I love your kids. So... The, the believers, they're all gathered together in one place. And this is important. And the, the holiday, they were actually celebrating a holiday. We call it Pentecost because that's what it would be in the Greek is Pentecost. They were calling a holiday I'm going to struggle to pronounce in Hebrew called Shavuot. Shavuot. And, and the, the nature of this Jewish holiday was it was celebrating a festival of weeks. It was a number of weeks from Passover, or it was celebrating a festival of reaping. It was bringing in the harvest, or it was celebrating the day of first fruits, where you would travel to Jerusalem and you would present your gift, your first fruit offering. And I just think it's really interesting. I honestly just saw this three seconds ago. We're talking about the three things. There's the day of first fruits, give more. There's the festival of reaping, where you serve and you bring in the harvest. And then there's the, the festival of weeks, where this one doesn't fit as much, but there's a period of time where you tell people about Jesus. The three ways that we're looking to grow, and that's what they're celebrating with Shavuot. And Shavuot is also, and it, it, it's, it's a remembering and a celebration of when Moses, the leader of the Israelite people, went up on Mount Sinai. Do you, go, do you know these story? Let me know if you, if you know this story. Like Moses, he goes up on Mount Sinai, and he's given the Ten Commandments. See, there was this moment where the Jews received the law from God. Do you think it's a big deal if God gave you a list of 10 things to follow? It's a bit, it's when God, the creator, reveals himself. And there's some important details I want to point out about the similarity between Pentecost and receiving the Ten Commandments. First off, Moses asked the Israelites, prepare yourselves for three days before I go up to see God. Jesus was in the tomb for three days before he resurrected. Second, Moses was on the mountain receiving the law from God for 40 days. Jesus, after his resurrection, walked on this earth with his disciples teaching them for 40 days. God appeared on the mountain as a pillar of fire and dense cloud. On the day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit revealed himself as tongues of fire and a windstorm. While Moses was on the mountain, the Israelites made an altar to a golden cow and chose to worship it. But on the day of Pentecost, 10 days after Jesus went up into heaven, when they're separated from their Savior, the Israelites, when they were separated from their leader, they're like, oh no, it's all over, worship a cow. The disciples, when they're separated from their Savior for 10 days, they say, let's meet in a room and let's pray and seek God's face. 
And the difference was the Israelites were punished for their unbelief in the Old Testament, and the disciples were rewarded by their faith and persistence and perseverance with a gift from God. This is the similarity between this holiday and Pentecost. And then finally, on that day when Moses came down off the mountain, he brought with him the law, the law, the Ten Commandments, the rules that if you follow by every every law, if you live up to every law, congratulations, you've honored God and you have access to heaven. You are a godly person. And they slowly realized it was impossible. On the day of Pentecost, the disciples receive a new covenant from God that they simply need to believe in Jesus and have forgiveness for their sins and they will be given the Holy Spirit and have access to heaven on earth. They were celebrating the culmination of all of the Old Testament without even knowing it. And then the Holy Spirit poured out on them. Why is the Holy Spirit important? Because it is everything the Old Testament pointed to. Jesus is that moment where everything changed And then he walked this earth, and then he died a perfect death as a sacrifice. Then he rose again, and then he walked the earth with his disciples, proving his resurrection for 40 days. Then 10 days after, his promised gift of the Holy Spirit showed up. We cannot, we will not ignore that in this church. The Holy Spirit is living and active in the lives of his believers. And if you live without him, you are ignoring him. And if any of you ignored my wife or my children, or the fact that I like the movies, or Katy Perry. You'd be ignoring a part of me. Because I love me, some Katy Perry. Anyway, keep going. I, man, I am stuck on this. Uh, there's three more questions I want to answer today. That's the first one. That's to prime us. That's to get us all in the same understanding of what happened on the day of Pentecost. Because I'm going to be pointing back to that throughout all of this. There was a unique moment, something absolutely different. I have never heard another story uh, in all of my travel to Africa, seeing the Holy Spirit manifest, hearing from great men of God, of fire falling. I've never heard another one. But I have heard lots of other stories of the Holy Spirit manifesting. That one was unique. And sometimes people say, yes, but that. That was for then, it's not for now. But we see other times in the book of Acts where it's used again and again. So let's go to our second question. And this question, what does it mean to be baptized in the Holy Spirit? Maybe you've asked that question before. Maybe you've been too kind of shy to ask that question. For some reason, this is one of those topics we shy away from. Because we're worried if we bring it up, they're going to ask us to handle snakes and and like do crazy stuff. No, 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 it's, it's a... This is a safe place. We're safe in here, okay? Why do they call it baptism in the Holy Spirit? What does it mean to be baptized in the Holy Spirit? Few few people ask what it means to be baptized in water, right? Because we can see that. It's very visible. But baptism in the Holy Spirit is something kind of ephemeral. And, And baptism, as I've said, baptismo, baptism, it literally means to be immersed. So, so some churches, when they, they baptize infants, they sprinkle water on the head. But the word means immerse, right? I, if it rains on me, I wasn't immersed. I mean, Bub and I were in the Dominican once, and it rained on us for over an hour, and water was up to our ankles, and we were immersed. But for the most part, sprinkling is an immersion. It's when you jump in the pool that you've been immersed. It's when you go down in the water, you've been immersed. So when we say baptized in the Holy Spirit, we don't mean exposed to the knowledge of, aware of his presence, or someone told me someone once that's a thing, or a long time ago that happened. That's not baptism. Like, I, 
I was baptized as an infant. I don't remember it. So when I was 13 years old, I begged to be baptized again. And I remember it. If you can point to it, it's important. If you forget about it, it isn't. So what does it mean to be baptized? It means to be immersed. Baptism, when we get baptized in water, it is a symbol of a decision we made earlier, right? And we say this all the time at Freedom Valley Church. Baptism is a symbol of your salvation, a decision that you made earlier. And we're actually going to have a baptism in a couple weeks just after Easter. If you want information, go to fe.church forward slash baptism or check the box on your connection card so we can make sure to let you know. But also, baptism is a decision you make after salvation. I want to take a second to just define salvation, and we're going to go to John 20, 19. Okay, I got to move quick through this. I can, I can see, like I, I speak to teenagers a lot, so I can see the headlights going. I'm being honest. None of you are teenagers. You're much more mature. Let's keep going. John 20, 19. That Sunday evening, the disciples were meeting behind locked doors because they were afraid of the Jewish leaders. Suddenly, Jesus was standing there among them. This is miraculous. This is crazy. Their door is locked. They are praying. And Jesus, in his resurrected body, he's like the vision from Wanda and Vision, if you've seen it. He just phases through the wall. He's just there suddenly. Wanda Vision is awesome. You should watch it. Man, I'm distracted. All right, so suddenly Jesus is right there. And he's standing there and he says, peace be with you. He had to say peace because they were freaking out because somebody just appeared in the middle of the room. That's my interpretation of that passage. And as he spoke, he showed them the wounds on his hands and on his side, and they were filled with joy when they saw the Lord. Again, he said, peace be with you. As the Father sent me, so I am sending you. And this is a, a, a verse that means so much to me about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Then he breathed on them. Sometimes I wonder if it was like that or if he went, like, I don't know. I don't know how Jesus breathed. He had some weird miracles. He spit in mud. He rubbed it on eyes. Maybe he was like breathing fire. I don't know. But he breathed on them and he said, receive the Holy Spirit. Let me tell you something I know about my Savior. When he says something, it happens. Jesus doesn't say something and then cross his fingers. So when he said to his 12 closest friends in the entire world, receive the Holy Spirit, do you think they failed to receive the Holy Spirit. They received it. Now, did any of them stand up, start dancing, shouting out? Was there tongues of fire? No, but they already had it. This is what I want to describe to you as salvation. From this moment on, when someone received Jesus as their Savior, they received the Holy Spirit. The disciples were not aware of the Spirit's power in their lives yet, but they had it. Do you understand what I'm saying? Jesus had already saved them. He already died and resurrected. They already believed in him for the forgiveness of their sins. And then he breathes on them and they received something, but they were unaware of it. Have you ever had a gift and you just didn't know it yet? Somebody bought something for you. It's in your name and you just don't know it. It's already yours. You just don't know it yet. That's salvation. You now already have the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Congratulations. You just, you just don't know it yet. And I got news for you. There's a gift waiting. I hope you open it today. Let's keep going. Now, here's the thing about Holy Spirit baptism. I want you to say some words after me in a second. Holy Spirit baptism, we said, what is baptism in the Holy Spirit? Here's what it is. It is subsequent. Can you say subsequent? That was pretty good. And can you say distinct? Better. So subsequent and distinct from salvation. 
Holy Spirit baptism, this is something you should remember. You should be writing this down. You should be texting it to yourself for later. Holy Spirit baptism is subsequent and distinct. Now, again, I'm a youth pastor. I work with teenagers. They don't know what either of those words means. I love you guys. You're very intelligent. However, I explain it. Subsequent, it happens after. Distinct, it is not the same as. It is subsequent. It happens after. Distinct, it is not the same as. Holy Spirit baptism happens after salvation, and it is not the same as salvation, okay? Baptism in water is not salvation. It is not salvation. That water is not holy. I don't bless it. I I don't add um, angels' tears to it. It is just water, but it is a powerful, powerful declaration of your salvation. Because that water can't save you. That water is water. Jesus is the living water. And when you go into that water with Jesus inside you, that water was made holy by your act of salvation that already happened. It's the declaring of what has already happened. Salvation happened, then baptism. Salvation happened, then baptism in the Holy Spirit. You can't put the cart before the horse. It's something is wrong then, okay? Then distinct, okay? We're gonna, we're gonna talk about distinct. It is different from. It is different from. I have known plenty of people who are saved, who have been sanctified. Big word that means they're growing in holiness. They're becoming like Jesus. Plenty of people saved and sanctified, yet do not operate in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. I will not tell them they are not saved, nor should you, nor do the scriptures. They are saved. They're just ignoring a gift. They're ignoring a gift. And we'll talk about that. We're going to go to Acts 8, 14. This is another time when the apostles demonstrate the baptism in the Holy Spirit. So we're going to go to Acts 8, 14. When the apostles in Jerusalem heard that the people of Samaria had accepted God's message, they sent Peter and John there. So Samaria, remember, that is the Jewish part of the world where the Jews had rejected God. The the Jewish people, they didn't like Samaritans, but Samaritans are kind of Jewish. It's like this weird thing. They can't receive God. They're dirty Samaritans. But the disciples here, wait, the Samaritans receive God? So they send Peter and John to check it out. Let's make sure this is good. As soon as they arrived, they prayed for these believers to receive the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit had not come on any of them, for they had been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. So they were baptized in water. They were saved, but they had not yet received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Then Peter and John laid their hands upon these believers, and they received the Holy Spirit. This is subsequent, after, distinct, different from their moment of salvation. They went, let's go see if these Samaritans, they really have been saved. They really understand who Jesus is. And they, they go there and they check it out. And they're like, they, they seem to understand they were baptized in water. Let's double check. Let's triple check that they've received Jesus. They lay hands on them. Boom, baptized in the Holy Spirit. Now, how could they know they were baptized in the Holy Spirit? Was it they looked at them and there was some light in their eyes or, or like, like what happened? It doesn't say, but it says they were able to observe it. There's something observable, something distinct. It's very hard to look at someone and see salvation. There have been a few times in my life I've prayed over someone for salvation, and I've seen it take hold. I was in, I was in the Dominican Republic praying over who was essentially our bodyguard on those trips, a local who, who like was from America. We had a connection with him, and he traveled on the trip, and he's like, you guys, nobody's going to mess with you when I'm here. Big guy, kind of rough, a little angry, ate a lot. And... uh 
It's like fourth day of the trip. We're back at the hotel, and he just says, I need you guys to pray for me. I've been far from God. And we pray over him. And his whole demeanor went from nobody's going to touch you to we're going to save everyone. He, he lightened. I could, I could visibly see the salvation take hold in him. But that's rare. That's very rare. It's more often someone prays it, and you're like, now you grab hold of it. You got to believe it. You walk that out. But with the baptism, you can see it when it takes hold or when it is expressed. You can see that. I can see when somebody gets wet. I can see when somebody exercises the gifts of the Holy Spirit, when they've been filled to the point of overflowing. We've never had it happen yet where I put too much water in the baptism and water comes out. I'm always afraid of that because like, but that's the overflowing of the immersion. So we got that. That's, that's what it is. It's separate and distinct. Salvation is what brings you your identity in Christ. I want to make this clear. If you've been saved, you have a new identity. We talk about this a lot at Freedom Valley Churches. Who here knows the 40 I am's? We, we give them out on a piece of paper. They're available on our website somewhere, probably. The 40 I am's. It's the thing that God declares over you. Salvation brings your new identity in Christ. Baptism brings power and purpose to your identity in Christ. All right? So this is another question we get a lot. This is another FAQ. FAQ. I'm dyslexic. Sorry, I was thinking FQA for a second. That's not right. Frequently questions asked. All right, so uh, distracted. Is speaking in tongues the initial physical evidence of the baptism of the Holy Spirit? Anyone ever heard that statement? Initial physical evidence? Getting nothing here. There we go. Anybody else? All right, so. It's a word we use in, in churches, okay? It says initial physical evidence. Again, let's, let's pretend we're talking to children. You all know what that means without me even going any deeper, but initial, first. I'm not going to go deeper into that. Initial, it's the first. Physical, it relates to things you can feel. It is tangible and it is concrete. Physical. It's not ephemeral. It isn't conceptual. It is physical. And then finally, evidence. Signs or indications of something. It's the clue they're looking for on Blue's Clues. It's the evidence. So we believe that speaking in tongues is the initial physical evidence. Some people have a problem with that because speaking in tongues is not a gift that everyone is comfortable with. I'm going to be real honest with you. When I turned 16 years old, I decided that speaking in tongues with initial physical evidence was something that people made up to trick me. They were trying to trick me. I don't know what their goal in this elaborate practical joke was, but I was like, it ain't real. I'm not practicing it anymore. And I shut it down. Shut it down. I was like, no more. And I, I, I turned that, that gift from God off in my life till I moved out here um, in 2008. And I had a moment where I was literally saying, not real, not real, not real. And like, I'm, I'm instructing the Holy Spirit that's within me that it can't do the thing it's telling me to do because that's smart. And then, and then I begin to say, fine, I'll trust you. And I, I spoke out again. And I went, why would I ever have doubted something? And here's what caused me to doubt. I witnessed somebody faking. I witnessed somebody faking it. This is why I decided I would never tell my kids that um, the Easter Bunny brought their baskets or that Santa Claus brought their presents. I, I promised myself I'd never tell them that. Because when I saw somebody faking the gifts of the Holy Spirit, I went, it's not real. If they could fake it, then maybe I'm faking it and don't realize. And I, I shut it down. So I don't want my kids to ever think that I faked something in front of them. I want to be real. I want you guys to understand that this is real and it is powerful. It is the first 
sign. And it, it isn't the first thing that everyone is aware of in their lives, but it's the first kind of physical thing that others can observe. I've seen people walk up to me and declare a word of knowledge, something that they knew, but I don't know how they knew, as the Holy Spirit told them, over me. And they're like, God, I just feel like God's telling me this for you, and here it is. And they lay it out, and I'm like, how on earth did you know that? Like, I don't know. I was like, have you been baptized in the Holy Spirit? They're like, nah, I don't do that. That's speaking in tongues, and that's weird. I was like, you clearly are baptized in the Holy Spirit. You have access to the speaking in tongues. You just choose not to do it because it seems weird to you. And let's be honest, if you know what I'm talking about when I say tongues, it is weird. My babies, when they were babies, they'd run up to me, and I'm like, what? That's weird. Speak English. And they'd be like, and for them it was English, but for me it was gobbledygook. And it's weird. And that's what we as adults do to God. That's weird. But it's a physical sign that was given to us by the Holy Spirit. And to ignore something given to us by God, I will not do it. And we have a passage in Acts that explains this a bit more. Acts 10, 44 through 48. Even as Peter was saying these things, he's preaching a sermon to some unbelievers. Even as Peter was saying these things, the Holy Spirit fell upon all who were missing, uh, who were listening to the message. The Jewish believers who came with Peter were amazed that the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on Gentiles too. The word Gentiles, it means not Jewish people. Anybody in here? Uh, that's embarrassing. I'm not going to ask if you're, but anybody in here, a Gentile, that means you're not Jewish? Like, yeah, I'm not Jewish. They weren't Jewish. And the Jews go, wait, even Gentiles can receive this gift? For they heard them speaking in other tongues and praising God. Then Peter asked, can anyone object to their being baptized now? And he's talking about baptism in water here. Can anyone say that the Gentiles, they're not Jews, can anyone object to them being baptized now? That they have received the Holy Spirit just as we did. So he gave them orders for them to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Afterwards, Cornelius asked them to stay with him for several days. I want you to, I want to point out some very specific orders that happen here. They heard, verse 46, throw it back up. They heard them speaking in other tongues and praising God. It was the evidence that convinced Peter. It wasn't an assumption. It wasn't like when I prayed over Luis in the Dominican. Is that her name? That's not right. Luis? What? Pedro. <laughs> Pablo, I was getting there. I'm very distracted today. We'll keep going. All right, when we prayed over Pablo in the Dominican, I, I felt like I could witness it, but it was still, I got to see it. But when they saw the Gentiles, like Pablo is a Gentile. <laughs> Pablo's like, we love Pablo, but maybe don't let him talk to people about Jesus. Like he can watch the bags for us. The Gentile received. When they saw it, they knew evidence. I, I'll take a lot of things on faith, but if you will give me evidence, I'm going to grab it. You know why? It strengthens my faith. That's what evidence is meant for. You might already have an assumption. You might already have a belief. You might already have an a hypothesis, but when you grab hold of it, you gain evidence. And when they saw the evidence, they went, no one can object to this. They received it the same way we did. And how did they receive it? With tongues with tongues, with speaking a language they don't know, with glossia. I'm butchering that Greek word, but the word means to say language you don't know. It's blathering. It's, 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 you don't know what you're saying. 
It's like when my child was trying to say words and slowly learned them. That is the baptism in the Holy Spirit. And we call it the initial physical evidence, the first observable evidence. Final question. Final FAQ. Still getting that wrong in my head. How can you experience the baptism in the Holy Spirit? The question we get asked often is, how can I experience the baptism in the Holy Spirit? But I figured that would be a weird one for me to answer. So I'm going to answer, how can you experience the baptism in the Holy Spirit? And I want to lay out practical things, but it isn't a practical thing, okay? It is a spiritual thing. But sometimes when we put the practical things first, we understand the spiritual things better. You understand where I'm going? I, I can't tell you, like, exact, like if you touch a light socket, boom, you got it. No, there, you, it's, there's something more to it, but this is the practical. First, create an atmosphere of expectation. Something happens powerfully when we expect something to happen powerfully. In Acts 2, the disciples gathered in a room and were praying. There was an attitude of expectation. Jesus said, stay together and pray and wait for the helpmate. Wait for the Holy Spirit that will come. I will pour out my flesh, spirit on all people. Like, they waited and they were expecting. I'm expect. I, this, this isn't in my notes. I'm expecting something Easter weekend, guys. FBU Youth has been preaching on the Holy Spirit all month long because our students are going to a, a spirit tour conference on Good Friday. We're going to be there all day, and we're going to have two services where they're going to learn again about the Holy Spirit from someone far more gifted than me. And then in the evening, they're going to have a third, another service where we're going to pray and seek together. And you want to talk about expectation? Start waiting a whole month for something. And that's Christmas, isn't it? I've been saying for years, Easter is the new Christmas because I've been looking forward to Easter for a month, probably longer. I just ask people around here. I'll be like, Easter's next week. No, it's not. Easter's next week. No, it's not. I'm excited. I'm anticipating. Create an atmosphere of expectation. The second thing, begin expressing love to Jesus audibly. Audibly. Something in us does not like to pray out loud. And praying in your mind is a beautiful thing. I I hope and pray there's some people out there praying in their mind right now for me, for this word, for the people receiving it, because it's a hard one. Praying in your mind, it's, it's what you do when you can't pray out loud. But if you're alone in your room and you're praying in your mind, who are you embarrassed about? You got somebody with a camera, a microphone in your room? Turn your phone off if you're that embarrassed. TikTok doesn't need to hear it. Pray audibly. It's uncomfortable the first time, guys. And, and sometimes we think if it's uncomfortable, it must not be from God. That is so far from the truth. <laughs> It's actually the opposite. Peter stepped out onto a boat. He got himself uncomfortable. That is the way God works. You got to challenge yourself. You got to step out in faith. And if that means in your own prayer closet, in your own bedroom, when you wake up, you pray audibly, you need to do that. Something powerful happens when our words come out. God created this earth with words. He told his prophets to prophesy, to speak, speak to the dry bones, man of God. Speak, let your words move. And when you pray Jesus's name, power comes. And you might not understand it, I don't. Why do my words have more power than my thoughts to myself? But when I say something, I'm convinced by it. That's why earlier I had you guys say two words. Do you remember what they were? Subsequent and distinct. Because if you say them, you'll remember them. If you hear them, you'll forget them. Our words have power. When you declare Jesus' name and your love for Jesus in your private time, you're convincing you. If you think it, you can convince yourself otherwise. 
when you declare it with your mouth. This is why they make kids say the Pledge of Allegiance. You realize that, right? If they say it every day, they'll believe it. It's training. It's indoctrination. You're doing it to yourself. Tell yourself what you believe. Declare it audibly. So create that atmosphere. Begin praising and expressing love audibly. And then here's the next thing about asking for the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Do not beg. Okay? Don't beg. Don't beg. My kids come up to me and they'll be like, can I have candy? Can I have candy? I'm like, the last thing I want to give you now is candy. I was like, I wanted to give you candy 20 seconds ago, but you're just hounding all up on me. There's no appreciation. It's just gimme, 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 gimme. And as they say back in kids' ministry, the moms will know it, gimme, gimme, never gets. Nobody? Don't you know your man? You guys are embarrassed. Whatever. Don't you know your manners yet? You don't know that? Man, my wife says it like 12 times a day. Gimme, gimme, never gets. Don't you know your manners yet? Go to your God, your Lord, with some manners, some respect, and and love and say, please, God, I love you. I've declared my love for you. I know I love you, and I know you're good, and I know you have a good gift, and I want it whenever you're ready. I want you, Jesus. I'll receive it. I'm ready, and I'm waiting, and I thank you. This is the next step. Thank him for what is coming. An attitude of gratefulness, expectation, and thankfulness, God will not despise. So that's what Psalms, Proverbs tells us. He won't he won't re- revoke that from you because you're already thankful and he wants it. If my kids are like, thank you for everything you give for me, give me, daddy, I'm gonna go to the store and I'm gonna buy him something right then. Maybe not right now. I don't, I don't have the money to do that. <laughs> Whatever. Like, I want to bless them when they are thanking me for what I've already given them. And then the final little step, the practical things is if you hear an expression, a syllable, a sound, something forming in your mouth or on your tongue, just pour it out. If you've run out of words to say about Jesus, you can't think of another I love you statement or a declaration of his name. Just prepare to say something you don't know. I believe when I was a child in the woods praying to my God, I would switch to this language without knowing it. I believe that. I believe it wholeheartedly that I would pray in a language I didn't know because I I was a jabberer when I was a kid. I just talk and talk and talk, and then I wouldn't know what to say, and then I just make sounds and I goof around. I believe God was giving me that gift before I even knew. Just let the sounds flow, because that gift it comes naturally from a heart. Our final passage in Acts that talks about how to receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit is Acts 19, verse one. While Apollos, a, a preacher for Jesus, while Apollos was in Corinth, Paul traveled through the interior regions until he reached Ephesus on the coast, where he found several believers. Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed, he asked them. No, they said. We haven't even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. They received Jesus, and they'd never even heard of the Holy Spirit. This is why it's important that we know it was Apollos who was the one teaching them, because Apollos' ministry was often marked by very quick conversion and then travel. He would preach the word to someone, they would receive Jesus, and then he'd move on to the next town. And Paul, Apollos was going quick, 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 quick. Powerful preacher. Apollos was an incredibly powerful preacher, but, but he just moved on before following through. So Paul goes, did you receive the baptism? We've never even heard of it. Then what baptism did you experience, he asked. They replied, the baptism of John. That means water baptism, that they were baptized in water when they believed. At least Apollos took the time to do that. That's important. Paul said, John's baptism called for repentance from sin. You had to repent of your sin to be baptized. But John himself told people to believe in the one who would come later, and he meant Jesus. As soon as they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord. Hold up. That's different than the other two we just read. It doesn't say that he laid on hands. 
It doesn't say that they needed something special from Paul. What it says as soon as they heard. Here is, I think, the only qualification that I can chase. And it it barely is that because I've heard stories of people being baptized before they even knew. But you need to know who the Holy Spirit is to receive a baptism from him. Very hard to receive a gift if you don't know someone has a gift for you. They heard, and as soon as they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. They received that baptism. We're going to move on from that. As soon as they heard, ignorance is never an excuse. Ignorance is never an excuse. If you want to know how to receive the Holy Spirit, I've told you. If you want to know more about the Holy Spirit, ask us. If you want to be free from any misconceptions, misunderstandings, any difficulties or struggles, talk to us. Here's the best part of our youth at home, FB youth home groups. We, uh, we talk about the message after. We spend longer talking about the message than we do preaching the message. I preach in 10 minutes. This whole sermon I just did for you guys that you're like, I got lunch to get to, I did that in 10 minutes for them. Talk about talking fast. And then we sat in our groups for well over 20 to maybe 30 minutes, and they asked questions, and we answered questions, and we asked questions, and they answered questions, and we broke it down. You need to do that because you need to understand it. You got to hear it. You got to know what it is because then, then you can receive that baptism. Ignorance is never an excuse. None of you are ignorant to who the Holy Spirit is anymore. You're aware. And awareness is the answer. If ignorance is an excuse, awareness is an answer. You now know. And if you know, you have access. Never stop learning. Go to these passages. Read them yourself. Go to the sermon notes after church and read those four passages because they all talk about something you can observe and see. They all talk about that next step. They all talk about something more than just salvation. Salvation is incredible. Salvation reveals to you who you are. Salvation is like you knowing exactly who you are. I don't think any of you are a plastic bag, but Jesus told you who you were in salvation. Plastic bags are good things. I got a whole bag full of them at home. I got a plastic bag full of plastic bags. It's bagception. And and that feeling of emptiness of just being a piece of garbagey plastic bag is where we feel trapped. You've been saved. You've been set free. You had this moment. You were baptized. And then a year goes by, two years, and you've been stuck under the fridge doing nothing. And then your pastor comes on stage and he says, give more, tell more, serve more. Because you're just stuck under the kitchen sink and you're not doing what you're called to do. And you feel empty and you feel drifting and you feel lost and you've got nothing. You're missing a piece. It's what we talked about in Wellspring. It's what we're talking about next weekend. You're missing a whole piece of what God has for you. You're empty and lifeless and, and just drifting. You're, you're, you're just stuck, but he's got more for you. A plastic bag is garbage until it's filled. Once it's filled, it's got a use and a purpose, and it performs it powerfully. I'll carry in all my groceries at once, all in plastic bags. That's a church right there, led by a leader who says, I got you guys. You got the Holy Spirit. Let's go. All at once, single trip in it. I want a picture of Candace, groceries in. Aaron had way more bags than Candace, I bet. But I want to, that's who we are called to be. Not garbage under the sink, 
but bags serving a purpose. You don't have to feel like a waste of space. You're original. You cannot be replaced. If you only knew what the future holds, after a hurricane comes a rainbow. Maybe a reason why all the doors are closed is so you could open one that leads you to the perfect world. Like a lightning bolt, your heart will grow. When it's time, you'll know. You just got to ignite the light and let it shine. Who knew Katy Perry was a theologian, right? Don't listen to any of her other lyrics or songs and take your theology from them. If you've ever felt like that, it's because you're missing the biggest piece, the Holy Spirit. How do we give more when we have nothing left to give? How do we tell more when we've got no one left to reach? How do we serve more when we don't have any more time? We get the Holy Spirit to help us do it better. Better. Not, not always the same as we were before, but better and different, subsequent and distinct. There is a power available to you. And if you never pray in tongues, okay, Paul says, I, it'd be great if all of you did it, but there are better things. There are better things. I want all of you to love and love that comes from the Holy Spirit. I want all of you to have joy, joy that comes from the Holy Spirit. I want all of you to have peace, peace that comes from the Holy Spirit. It is only with the overflow of the Holy Spirit that you have access to supernatural power. Power to persevere a year unlike any other year. Power to persevere persecution that every single one of the 12 disciples faced, even unto death. Jesus had access completely to the Holy Spirit from the moment he was born because he was God and is God. And because of that, he lived a life without sin. There are three actions that happen in our lives. If you're a follower of Jesus, you are saved. And when you're saved, that Holy Spirit, he's already in you because Jesus breathed on you. And that Holy Spirit, he's going to call you to change. And that's painful. Change is so painful. But I got good news. There's a gift that relieves that pain by constantly filling you. Salvation, what we call sanctification, and then spirit baptism. Don't just grab one of those. I'm saved, that's enough. Or don't say, I'm saved and I'm going to become better on my own strength. I'm going to knuckle it and I'm going to do it. When you have access to something way more, the thing that will fill you if you'll let it, you will all now know. Ignorance isn't an excuse. Ignorance isn't an excuse. access. Before we close, maybe you're here today and you're like, I, I don't know what this guy's talking about, baptism in the Holy Spirit. I'm barely holding on. I am a plastic bag. My life is falling apart. This bag's got a hole in the bottom of it. It's the only one I could find this morning, but that's what I feel like. The handle ripped while I was in my pocket. Just garbage. That's, that's me. I need, I need to know I'm loved. I need to be forgiven of all the sins that tore me up in my life. I'm so far from God. I've got nothing. Jesus died on the cross for you. Easter weekend, 2,020 years ago, give or take. He died for you. Three days later, he rose again for you. And you know what happened? Death curse was broken and as we'll hear about next week from Candace the veil that held back God's presence was torn open and you now have access to that complete power in your life you can be saved today saved from sin you didn't even realize you had forgiven of a past you never even wanted to face you can change you can have a new life a new creation because he is the creator God and he sent his son to restore his creation you have access to that today
and I could pray with you in just a second you receive that gift. Maybe you're here, I've been saved, but I'm, that's it, I stopped there. You can, you can grow in that. You can be baptized in just a couple weeks. You can give more, tell more, show more. You can live a sanctified life, growing in holiness, becoming more like Jesus. Maybe you've been living that life, but you're like, I'm doing it on my own. Aren't I amazing? You can say, I, I can't do it on my own anymore. Every day I feel worn out, wrung out, nothing left. I need something. You can seek the presence of the Holy Spirit. I told you guys to create an atmosphere of expectation. I'm not calling you up to this altar today. That atmosphere might be in your own living room, your own house, and it might be at a worship service sometime soon. You got to seek it. Because if you're not seeking it, you'll miss it when it's ready. It's like an Easter egg. You only find them when you're looking for them. And if you forget to look for one, it's going to turn moldy and stink inside your house. I'm just saying, that's happened before. So, those are our responses today. Would you close your eyes with me? I want to create some space for individuals to respond to the message of the gospel of salvation, the call to sanctification and the baptism, the seeking the baptism of the Holy Spirit. If you're here and you say, I don't have a relationship with Jesus. I am a sinner and I need forgiveness. I, I, I'm coming back to God. I, I prayed a prayer of salvation, but I'm not living that and I want it new. If you're watching online and that's you, let somebody know in the comments, message a pastor, let somebody know, text the number that's gonna be on your screen in a second. If you're saying, I need Jesus to forgive me my sins, just raise your hand right now. This is a small step. It's just letting me know right now. I need Jesus to forgive me of my sins. I need that new life you're talking about, that new heart. Just keep your hands up just so I can see them. I want to believe, I want to pray for you in just a moment. Heavenly Father, these hands that are up are people reaching to you, and I know your word says when they reach, you reach back, that you are running to them like the waiting father in the story of the prodigal son, a father who loves them so much he cannot leave them where they are, but invites them into his house. You love them more than they know, and you will forgive them of more than they could do, that you want a new life for them, that you've given them a new life even now, that Jesus, you are breathing on them, creating in them a new heart setting up a new life that they can walk in. They can let go of the past today. They can declare a brighter future and be a new creation because of your act on the cross and you defeating sin and death. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Guys, we had a number of hands. Can you just celebrate before we move on because new life has come today. Jesus, we thank you and we celebrate you. Now, now, maybe you've, maybe you've prayed that prayer before. Maybe, maybe you're one of those other two. If you, if you need to be Holy Spirit baptized, if you need to take a next step, if you're like, I need to grow in my faith, I need to be used for Him, I'm not going to keep eyes closed. Because this requires some boldness. I'm not going to make you stand up and start praying in a language you don't know. But would you be willing to raise your hand in front of God and everybody, saying, either I need to receive, seek the baptism of the Holy Spirit, or I need to grow in my service of God. If that's you, would you let me know in some way by raising your hand? I need to grow in my service of God, in my faith in God, in my life with God, that he's got more for me, that I've felt empty, I've felt alone, I've felt without him, and I need his presence. Can't do it on my own anymore. My hand is up, guys. Heavenly Father, we need you longer ignorant to our emptiness, but embracing your gift, seeking your sanctification and
and your spirit baptism for the power to persist, to pursue, to press forward. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Freedom Valley, there's only one way I could think to end this service, and that's by standing and declaring a word over you. Would you, would you mind standing with me? We're going to wrap up right here in a second. I want to ask that you continue to pray for Candace throughout the week, uh, that, that she's going to need that. Uh, the harder week of this sickness is ahead from my experience. Um, pray for those individuals that will be coming to Easter service for the first time next week, that we can have a powerful outpouring of the Holy Spirit for salvation, for forgiveness of sins, for new life and new power. Not for our glory, but for his. Pray for us this week for that. And, and maybe you're saying, I need to serve immediately. There's going to be double the opportunities to serve next week. Double the opportunities to serve because we've got two services. Find a place to get plugged in. you got a week to do it. All right? Um, as you're on your way out, before I pray, the ushers are going to be back there with invite cards so that you can tell people about that service. You can invite them to sit with you. 10 o'clock or 12 o'clock, you can grab those, and you can bring somebody back with you. Let's pray before we go. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, you are great and you are good. Your glory has shown through this place, through those who made the decision, Lord, that you are a part of that, you are celebrated in that, and you are rejoicing in heaven over that. For those of us who are saying we're stepping out, we're not staying under the sink, we're moving forward in faith, God, you have something great in store for those who will press on towards the goal you have for them. I thank you for worship, for the message, for the teams that have served, for the individuals here. Would you keep us safe until we're able to worship again on your day of salvation on Easter weekend next week. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Effie Church, thanks for being here. We'll see you guys next week with somebody with you. Do you ever feel like a plastic bag Drifting through the wind Wanting to start again Do you ever feel Feel so paper thin like a house of cards, one blow from caving in. Do you ever feel already buried deep? Six feet under screens, but no one seems to hear a thing. Do you know that there's still a chance for you? Cause there's a spark in you. You just gotta ignite the light and let it shine. Just
you so much for joining us today. If you made a decision to follow Jesus, please let us know by going to fv.church slash I am in. And remember to download our app for more content and helpful links. 